Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Secondhand Sports. As Matthew gets his microphone set up. The gears are grinding right now. Gunner Goodwin. The Astros are going to the World Series. What what a run, man. Sweep to sweep both teams the first two series. An 18-inning game. Wasn't it like we played more innings against the Mariners than the Yankees Yeah, somehow? Yep. Unreal. Unbelievable. I mean, of course, we knew this was going to happen. I honestly thought the Yankees were going to at least get one game on us in New York because the MLB wanted to like stretch that series out. But, dude, mm-hmm. to just whop them. They almost them, did. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's crazy, too, those games – and Dusty Baker even talked about it on uh, during one of his press conferences how we're not necessarily dominating them, but all you have to do is score one more run than the other team, and mm-hmm. that's how you get a win. And, dude, that, just what a run by these Astros. It's incredible. Yeah, and to the start of the season, you know, we didn't look great the first month or so. And so, I don't know. I, I don't think – I think everybody expected the Astros to at least make the playoffs this year. Right. Because they're the Astros. Yeah. It's like the Patriots. You, there's a lot of unknowns, you know. We uh, we expected, of course, we're, we're getting Verlander back. We didn't know how he was going to pitch this season. Um, we saw Framber being brilliant last year in the postseason, so we expected him to be good. Uh, we knew Lance McCullers Jr. was going to come back at some point. We lost Carlos Correa. We had a rookie taking over in his spot. It was just a bunch of – What's going to happen? What are we going to see? Bregman wasn't too hot last year. Um, you know, it... it Matthew, we, just shut your microphone off while you're doing all this. How about... Oh. Okay. All right. But anyway, you, you know, we quickly kind of got our stuff together. And then especially ever since the All-Star break, it's just been oh, yeah. lights out. Dominant. And, and so, yeah. I guess instead of doing a uh, a recap and a preview, we'll just throw it all together yeah yeah because there's just thoughts all over the place right and (laughs) so much to talk about i mean it's just the people have said it the whole time like our bullpen is so strong when you have i saw a tweet that was like how can you just dust off ryan presley like an old golf club you know and Mm -hmm. just come and strike everybody out it's like this team is just so strong in every department. And yeah. what there was a stat that I that I sent in the group that was like uh we have we had nine strikeouts and everybody else had like thirty or something like that in the uh Yeah, so I, I forget the exact numbers, but there's yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. Like the Yankees, the amount of like just in that one game or uh I think it was like in one game, we struck them out like I don't know, 17, 18 times, and we got struck out three times in that game. Yeah. I think that was game one uh, of the ALCS. I was there, and, I mean, that – Oh, yeah, I forgot. You were at one of these games, that, too. That's so. a good start, I guess, is, you know, that, that game we – another unknown, everyone was nervous. Verlander had a terrible game one against the Mariners. We were able to come back and win off of Jordan Alvarez's magnificent moonshot. Yeah. yeah. And so, we're you know, we're kind of like, okay – Hopefully, Justin Verlander kind of figured his stuff out. He starts off really bad. You know, I, I guess not terrible. He only gave up one run, and it was a solo home run. But in three innings, he had 65 pitches. And I was telling my dad, I was like, we're 
we're not going to see him more than one more inning. Like he by the fifth inning, we're probably they, like I was expecting a tandem start with Christian Javier yeah. or uh, or Luis Garcia or something like that or. Jose Arquita, I thought somebody else was going to come in and try to get the next couple of innings before we go to like the, uh, you know, the closers, relievers, all that. And anyway, after that, he just completely switched the gear and was lights out after that. Ended up with 11 strikeouts that game. Had like seven in a row, I think, which six or seven, which was like a a record broken, Dang. at least against the Yankees. Yeah. Um. It. So yeah, magnificent performance from him. And then of course. We've, like you were saying earlier, they haven't been like shutouts any of these games minus uh, game three against the Yankees, which we you know beat them five nothing. Yeah. Other than that, it's been really close games, but that honestly pumps me up more than like blowouts because it's showing me that we never give up. Right. We're fight. We're playing well. We're staying in every game, no matter even whenever we were down three zero. I was about to say game, the, and then, this, this last one. I was like, okay, they're up. This is probably gonna be over. Yeah. But oh yeah, yeah I was furious, and then out of nowhere, Jeremy Pena is like, oh, two people on base. <laughs> yeah. Hold up. Dinger. Bing. Yeah. So it's the way that we've been playing. You know, if you're if you're crushing people, you're winning games like seven nothing. Uh, or, you know, even if that just happens like one or two games, you're like, okay, well, we're just – we just are on a hot streak right now, and those always end at some point. But whenever yeah. you're winning every game like this, and it's you're not seeing errors from the Astros, you're, we're not giving up hits. It's really the only thing that's been lacking is our offense. Yeah. You know, teams are bound to get – you know, score a run here and there. But the fact that we're able to come up when we need to and get things done just, to me, gives me a lot of confidence going into the World Series – because we're just not going to give up. Yeah. And the biggest thing to me, which people have talked about a lot, is that most of our production at offensively has come from the bottom of the lineup. Altuve went 0 for 25 before breaking his yeah. hitless streak yeah. with a double against Garrett Cole in game three. Yeah. And, you know, now he's actually starting to get hits again. Since that, he's kind of – I think he's been hitting like 400 or something since, yeah. since that hit. So, hopefully his uh, – his woes are done. Yeah, but, I mean, at the top of the lineup, Tucker, Bregman, Altuve, and uh, who else was it? Alvarez. Guess, yeah, Alvarez. Tucker, yeah uh, they were 0 for, you know, whatever, 20 yeah. or whatever combined. And um, that was like at, at game three, I guess, is when that changed. But still, yeah. it was like crazy. We're, we're starting to see Alvarez get hits again. Even though he was magnificent to start off, he kind of – Went down a little bit for I guess the you know the first couple games against the Yankees, but he's starting yeah. to get hits again. Altuve's starting to get hits again. Bregman's been extremely consistent. Did you see his stat in both the series against the Mariners and the Yankees? He was five for fifteen, Dang. hitting three 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 with what was it? Oh man, I gotta find the I gotta find the stat. It was it, it was the exact same. Dang. Let me see for all three but, games. Are all uh, was that for the for the for both series? He was yes, like I gotcha. But so he's been pretty good. Tucker has had a couple of shining moments, but for the most part, he had. We haven't seen him, you know, the the way that he's been playing all season long. Which I think that's going to change in the World Series. He's due. Um, man, where is it? Okay, I got it. He was hitting with a batting average of .333, um, on-base percentage of 
375 with uh, OPS of 600. Yeah. With one walk, one double, and one home run in each series. The yeah. exact same. Yeah, so, what in the world? He is consistent, and he and it's he's been like that all season. Ever yeah. since ever since he had his baby, he's been hitting really well. He's been, um, you know, clutch. He's been there when we need him. Jeremy Pena, we don't even we don't even he doesn't even need to be talked about. He's yeah, ALCS MVP, which hopefully he doesn't get a big head from that, and I don't think he will. Yeah, um, he was brilliant at the beginning of the season, slumped down a little bit, started coming back towards the end. If it weren't for Julio Rodriguez's phenomenal rookie season, Pena would be hands down the rookie of the year. But Pena has been the hero of yeah. a lot of moments in this postseason. Yeah. Without him. Even during the season, too, he was yeah. playing so, so well. Without him, uh, you know, game one against the Mariners, we thought that was – we thought we lost that game. Yeah. You know, towards the end, we started to get hits, and I was like, okay, so we just – that week off, we got cold, and we just are warming up. We're going to be good for game two. Then they put in David Hensley, pinch hit for you know pinch hit him, he gets hit by a pitch, gets on base. Okay, you know still got whatever one out Altuve whatever Altuve gets out, then Pena hits gets on base, so now we got two on base, two outs, Alvarez yeah. up. It's like holy crap, ding and bing. Yeah. And so without Pena getting that hit, you know we don't win that game. And yeah, it's, it's funny to see the frustration from people, not only Yankees fans, but just MLB people in general are like, how did they replace Carlos Correa with Jeremy Pena? Like, that is just – same thing with that Verlander, the guy that's exactly like Verlander or whatever. It's yeah, like, Hunter Brown. Yeah. it's Our front office is incredible. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of other teams, a.k.a. the Yankees, the Dodgers – even a lot of teams are trying to replicate that with like the Rangers. They spend big money to get these splashy people on their team. Yeah. You're not really building a team. You're not really building a culture. You're just like, come in and please win us something. Right. And then, you know, they do they do well, but the rest of the team still sucks. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. the Astros are like paying so much attention to, you know, bringing people from international, you know, other countries, finding prospects and trying to trade around and get you know, get people on the team who have potential. Right. And it works out. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's a winning formula. And it, not for every single player, but you're going to find some diamonds in the rough for yeah. sure. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to look at this the way that we run things now, like they do the money ball thing back in the day, you know, with the on-base percentage and stuff. Like, whatever the Astros are doing now, eventually people are going to figure it out. But, I mean, it's just incredible yeah. how far – off like how far and away we are better than everybody else well if we win this world series i think you can start saying and even now biased us all being astros fans right. you can kind of yeah. say it's yeah. a dynasty but without the rings yeah not so much so i think dynasty, if we yeah. if we win this world series i think the dynasty talk starts and yeah. if we get more in the coming seasons then yeah absolutely I right think at some yeah. point they look and they see how we went from a hundred loss team in the early 2010s yeah to now being consistently hundred win teams every yeah. you know every yeah. few years. I mean, we're like the bane of the Yankees' existence right now. The past yes. like six years, we've and they're a good team. Like out. they were by far, they were the darling of the MLB for the first half of the season. They had yeah. the best record. They you know Judge was hitting Home everything. Home Stanton King. was hitting everything out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their whole team was clicking. They looked incredible. Um, but at 
just New York in general. I mean, people were booing Aaron yeah, Judge, Aaron who Judge. just yeah. who just broke the AL home run record, <laughs> yeah. and they're booing him at home at one of their it, like that is who would want to play especially, there? Especially, especially yeah. I was about to say a guy that has been verbal about how he might not necessarily come back. So may I go to Boston. I think he's that's going to the bad. Giants. Oh, really? Giants. That's, that's what the chatter is. The Giants said that nobody's going to outbid them for Aaron Judge. They've made it known that they will pay whatever it takes to get him, and he's from that area. Yeah. So Aaron Judge likely could be a Giant next year. We'll see yeah. the Yankees, especially with the Yankees bringing back Boone and Cashman, their uh, their manager they are and their, back yeah, their skipper. Yeah. So that's I, a bad decision. <laughs> I think he needs to be gone, dude. He's, well, and I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a terrible coach. You're just as much as people are liking, you know, people are saying that the Yankees played bad, which they did. The Astros are just very good. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. true. And it doesn't help that like the Yankees. It's easy to get in their head whenever you've knocked them out of the postseason. Right. The right. past what five five years five you know, ba- since, past five times tr- you matched up with them in the postseason, you've knocked yeah. them out. Right. So it you know it's easy to get in their heads. Yeah. Especially whenever you come from behind pretty much every game and they're like okay like we can't get any momentum there's just there's no such thing as momentum against the Astros right now yeah which i guess can bring us uh into the world series yeah because the phillies are a hot team right now and right now the narrative not not amongst there it's kind of 50-50 right now from what i'm seeing there's a lot of people out there who are saying and and they're this is the silliest arguments, which, again, on paper, if this is a football game we're talking about, put your mortgage on the on the Astros. Yeah. This isn't football. Yeah. This is baseball. And this <laughs> is October. Right. Yeah. And as we've seen the past two times that we've gone to the World Series, it's been lopsided matchups. Yeah. The Nationals, the Braves, we lost both of those. But yeah. also – we didn't have this team against them. Of course, we had, you know, we had Correa, and then Springer was there for, you know, all Cole. You go back and you can count the talent that we had. Yeah, but we the, seem to have replaced them well, though. We have, sure. and then our pitching is just our depth is ridiculous. Yeah, we've got like the lowest bullpen ERA in the entire MLB, and I think we've got the lowest bullpen ERA in like years. Yeah, yeah. I mean. At, I mean, it's, these these batters that are going up against us are literally batting against starting pitchers the whole game, pretty much. You know, like we were talking about how our bullpen, some of those guys could be ace pitchers for like twenty of the other teams that suck in the MLB. They would be starting, and they're in our bullpen right now. Yeah. So, it, and so one of the things a lot of people are talking about right now with the Phillies is they're like, well, they've got that magic. Yeah, they're they're hot right now. They've you know they're clicking. Do you hear? Did you hear Bryce Harper say, "We're not going to lose this. We are not going to lose this." <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I understand, especially with the past two times we've went and we lost to the underdogs. I completely understand, but you also got to realize our pitching was not as deep as as it is now. You know, if your starter screws up and your bullpen has to take over, if you don't have a strong bullpen, what are you going to do? Yeah. La- uh, last year against the Braves. Verlander was out for the whole season. McCullers got injured in the uh, ALCS. So we're without our two best pitchers Yeah, at yeah. the time. Framber Valdez didn't look great at certain points. He talked to the team uh, therapist, got his headspace right, and then started dominating. 
Yeah. Of course, we still lost to the Braves, but the thing is, the team that we have now is just a completely different team. And then you also got to think about, you know, the Phillies are not nearly as experienced in the postseason as the Astros. That's what I was thinking. When's They're, the yeah. last time they were even in, like, the NLCS? The last time they were they even made the postseason was, like, 2012, I think. Or oh, wow. The, uh, the last time they were in the World Series was 2009 when they lost to the, to the uh, Yankees. But yeah. they did win yeah, in 2008. So, so. And then, yeah, 2008 they won. 2009 they lost. Well, this season they fired their manager halfway through the season. Yeah. They got a new manager. Yeah. This manager is a first-time manager. He's never managed before. Holy so this is his first time. And, of course – you know, like we like we've been saying, the Phillies are hot. Whenever yeah. you have that momentum, you're going, you play, you win, and then you go straight into the next series. You you keep that going. Well, they just we base they're they're iced right now. Yeah. It's been a week, and I know they're still going to be hyped up. Their whole city's still going to be hyped up. But it's going to be interesting to see how they rebound from that whole week off. Right, and they have right. to play the Houston Astros too. Like I don't know if there's another team on that the other side of that bracket. Maybe the Dodgers, but even then, I don't know if there's another team like the Astros. The well, that's the the crazy today. thing about it's so hard to make predictions for October because it's just anything can happen. Yeah, you know, and this is the most lopsided. It's it's the most. Uh, yeah, they're number six seed, right? Is, I thought. Yeah, they. I think they were they were last because they they yeah. only clinched, you know, three the, games before the end of the season against the Astros. They took that first game. We beat them the next two. Wow. And so you know they they celebrated their wild card clinch <laughs> in Minute Maid Park. Yeah. So. But um, yeah. As far as win differential, this is the like the biggest differential since like the '60s in a World Series matchup. So, how many wins did they have? They had uh, eighty, eighty-seven, eighty-seven. I think. Yeah. So, and then the Astros had one hundred six, one short of their uh, their team record. Record. <laughs> yeah. But so. Whenever everybody's talking about magic being the reason why they think they're going to win, yeah, it just makes you think like, okay, this is a bunch of people who hate the Astros. One, duh, yeah, and then two, I mean they've they've seen it happen against the Astros twice in the past three years, so it makes sense that they would you know think like that. And then three, of course, it's, everybody always roots for like the dynasty team, the you know the dream team or whatever, the Cinderella. So, yeah, they you know people like to see that kind of stuff. But it doesn't always mean that, you know, it's going to happen. But here's the deal. The the biggest thing that the Phillies have is their batting. They're, the Yankees are a much better team than the Phillies, right? But the yeah. biggest thing about the Yankees is they're batting. You've got Judge. You've got Stanton. You've got – I mean, th- their whole team was hot. Yeah. Their whole yeah. team was hitting yeah. really well all season. We shut that down. Our, yeah. our pitching staff did a phenomenal job making them – you know, really, Judge was like, what, one for 16 against the Astros? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's baffling. Harrison yeah. Bader, I think, was their best hitter that, that whole series. And yeah, yeah. I mean, was. I don't think anybody even really saw that coming. So, I think that uh, if, you know, if our pitching shows up like it has been, which I don't see why they wouldn't, they've been consistent all season, I think we're going we're gonna to see a muted offense from the Phillies. They're still going to get, I think – both Schwarber and, and Harper. Schwarber's real I think they'll both Schwarber's. get a home runs, solo home runs off of us. Yeah. But they don't play small ball. They I don't. was about to say, and the same thing with the Yankees, too. Yeah. I meant to bring this up earlier. We had You were talking about how somebody had that solo home run, 
It was like that's all they could do. They, zero base I think base every hits. one of their home runs were solo home runs. Yeah. So it was like they don't put people on base, so they can hit all the home runs they want, but if you're not getting quality runs off of that, then it's not going to matter, you know? And then also the one game that they did score a bunch of runs against us, which was six, was the one where Lance McCullers Jr. was pitching, and he had to get moved back a day because – he had oh yeah, he popped himself. He, yeah, got hit with a champagne bottle. Did you see the picture of that oh, injury? Yeah. Oh yeah, bad. yeah. That was after the game. After yeah. he, you know, so, and he still ended up getting the win because I think we, or no, never mind, because uh, they took the lead again after that. But that's for him to still pitch that well, even with his inflamed injury, you know. And yeah. we still came back and won it. But their defense yeah, is not great, the Phillies. Yeah, and I think. The Yankees I couldn't tell you one pitcher on the Phillips. A- Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Aaron Nola, and then there's uh, what's it called? What what's his name? Former LSU Tiger Aaron Nola. Yeah, former roommate with uh, Bregman. Alex Bregman. That's pretty cool. Um, no, Nola what's his Bowl. name? Why can't I think of his name? Um, Wheeler. Zach Wheeler. Uh, they picked up. Noah Syndergaard from the oh, Angels, yeah. I think. But he's no, good. He's he's good, but he's not great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris Davinsky. He's just been around for so long. It feels like like I'm I'm constantly hearing Noah Syndergaard's name. So. Yeah, and then they got their second baseman. I, I think it was him, Alec Bohm. Oh yeah. He was the guy earlier this season who got caught on the mic saying, "I freaking hate this place." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and now he's like he's actually been one of their heroes this postseason. So I guess yeah. you know how the turntables, but. Um, their their defense, despite they don't make a lot of errors, but they're not a very good defensive team. Like they're one of the worst, in fact, in the league. And as we saw against the Yankees, if you make any mistakes at all, the Astros capitalize on it. Right. Yeah. Right. They just yeah. they they've been here. They're cool, calm, collected. They know what they're doing. And if somebody on the other team makes an error, they don't freak out about it. They say. All right, I have to get a hit here. I'm going. Yeah. I'm doing whatever it takes to, you know, to take advantage and to exploit this error. Yeah. So, I think, I mean, just overall, if the Astros just play like they have been, maybe the bats get a little bit hotter. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. But uh, the Phillies are hot, and they're going to put up a, a hard fight. So to me, uh, and you kind of talked, about, like highlighted it earlier, is how we've been here before. We have such a mature team that can take the pressure and can take being down three to nothing in the ALCS. But this Phillies team, like, the pressure might get to them when they're in the World Series against the world beaters, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that might be something to look out for is the Phillies crumbling under just the pressure of not being there in forever. Like, getting Bryce Harper, I know, was a huge move for them. And they were like, oh, we're going to the World Series. But this is the first time they've been here in this spot. And this is like the Astros. This is this is business as usual for the Astros. Yeah. This is just another yeah. season. Yeah. So, Alex Bregman, I think, I, I heard a thing. He doesn't know a baseball season without the ALCS, I think. Yeah. Like, every single year he's been playing. So, that in itself is incredible. Well, yeah, six, six straight seasons going to the ALCS too. Yeah, and you also forgot to mention uh, Kyle Schwarber too. They got they got yeah. Kyle Schwarber from the Red Sox. Right. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. just unreal. Four World Series in six years. Yeah. You, I mean, six ALCSs in six years, five and zero against the Yankees in the postseason. That's just nuts. And also, yeah. you 
And I know, you know, when teams are hot, they're hard to beat. You look back, though, at the last, I don't know, 20-something, 30-something games, the Astros have lost one, two, three, four, five, six in the past, I mean, it's like 30 games. You look at the Phillies, and they, I mean, they would go on these, like, three-game win streaks and then lose a couple. So, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So they've they've got more losses. Well, especially regular season because only two of those are in uh, the postseason. But I don't know. I I think especially like we were talking about just a second ago, mindset. It's their of course their mindset's good right now because they've been dominating. But I think if we take the first two games, it's gonna. I mean, well, first of all, yeah, but that goes without saying. You lose the first two games for any team that's going to be hard to come back from, you know. Yeah. But especially this first game where they're they're, you know, it's going to be Verlander versus Aaron Nola. If Verlander can come out there and not do, you know, he's zero six in the World Series right now for his starts. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't always perform that well in the World Series for whatever reason. I think that he already got the, you know, the heebie-jeebies out of him after yeah. that first bad start. Yeah. And, you know, the start of the second game, I think he's going to come in and, and get it done. Also, the uh, they announced today the roof's going to be closed for both tomorrow and Saturday nice. in Houston. It's supposed to be some bad <laughs> weather in the area. MLB, yeah. the freaking Boone was complaining about that, and a couple other players were too. We couldn't – we haven't talked about it because we, like, missed the timing of that, but – their first game, they were complaining about how the roof was open, and uh, that's the MLB's call. That's not the Astros' like decision to make. So um, that was some BS that they were like, "Oh, well, you know, the roof being open." Yeah, just I'm, another. There's other stuff I want to talk about. I can't think of right now, so I'll hop on to the, uh, I guess, the more. Um, superstitious side of things this is the less fact-based part and the more you know feel yeah so of course you've got mattress mac with 10 million dollars on the sports uh, books yeah you've got that one punter from whatever college that did a 50 dollar bet before the season that the astros would beat the phillies in the world series and the odds were screwed up and so they they could win a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars off a fifty dollar bet. Holy shit! Off that, if if the Astros win, and with all the publicity this is getting, sports books starting to become legal in most states, I can't help but think that, you know, if if all these people lose these bets, that's people are gonna be like, okay, yeah, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put a bunch of money down on something like that. Right. If they win, you might see like copycats in other cities say, oh, I'm gonna start doing promos like that where. You get it free if my bet hits or whatever, and yeah. more people are going to try to make ballsy bets like that. You think the sports books would want it to hit now, just yeah. so in the future they have people? Because like it's, of course, there's going to be people for every decent team that do that. Only one team wins, so there's going to be a lot of money left on the table. They right. profit a lot if more people do those kind of bets. Yeah. So if there is any rigging, you know, right. some of our friends seem to believe that everything is rigged. Then yeah. you would think that. They would rig it in, in the in way the Astros, of the Astros, just so that way more yeah. people try to do that again. They'll say, well, maybe if it worked for him. Yeah. But um, I'm losing I, my train of thought. 
Is it Mattress Mac? He put like a ten like a ten million dollar bet or something. Ten million to win seventy five. Yeah, seventy five. Yeah. And initially, I was like, "Oh, there's no way a sports book is gonna let him win that." But I think you're right about that one. Like, they're gonna be uh, not using that as an excuse to why the Astros are gonna win. They're gonna win fair and square. But hashtag NFL rigged. Another thing with the whole mindset deal. You look back to the past couple of seasons, and of course, we did bad. You know, we, we went into the the World Series against the Nationals, and everybody's mind. I guarantee you, everyone on the team, every fan, oh, this is easy. Yeah. This is Astros World Series. Let's go. Another one just two years later after 17. We end up losing that one. Big head. Yeah. You think you're going to, you know, you think you're going to, you're going to completely wax them, and nobody wins a home game in that series. Matthew knows because he was there. Yeah, game six. The bad luck charm. Bad luck charm. So, that was such a weird series. Sh- shouldn't have yeah, gone. Yeah, I think that was the first time that everyone lost the home games. Only everyone won the away ones. But Are you planning on going to any of these games, Matt? Uh, probably not. Uh, yeah, watch, watch them from home. If, yeah. if I go, they'll lose. So I don't want to screw up our luck. So what days are the games here? Friday, guess- Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Gotcha. Okay. So, so they, we'll have they another trying, episode. If they they tried to change it. it this year to where it does not compete with the NFL. The only day that will compete with NFL is Monday. Yeah. Monday night football, and they yeah. they all start at the exact same time. They're all yeah. seven o'clock every night. That's good. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's um, cool. Because if they don't sweep them, then we'll actually have another episode. Because last time for the Yankees series, we could only do one episode, and they finished. <laughs> They finished so fast. Matthew's spilling his dip spit over here. They I don't finished. Dip. I don't dip. Uh huh. Zen. <laughs> your Zen juice. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do Zen either. It's top secret. Okay. Um, yeah, they finished these series so fast. We only get to cover them for one episode because they're done with them by the time uh, we get to record. So yeah, yeah, man. But I'm pumped. I think um, you know, of course that happened in 19. You know, big heads, okay. Then, right after that World Series, all the stuff comes out. Yeah. Team's deflated. We have a bad 2020 season. We still end up making it, you know, squeaking by. I was about by. to say. We we still, yeah, we, yeah. We lost our division that year. Yeah. And still ended up making it back to the ALCS, where, of course, the Red Sox beat us, went on to win yeah. the World Series that year. No, that was eight. That was, that was 18. That was 18. The Dodgers won in 2020. The Dodgers won in 2020. Uh, who, did, who did they – who did they – that was the, the that was Rays, the Rays. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, it was the Rays. The Rays beat us in the ALCS and then lost in the World Series. Um, and then we, you know, of course, we go back the next year. And after 2020, 2021, last year, we make it back. Same kind of deal. We were playing against the Braves. It's supposed yeah. to be a lopsided matchup. Of course, we've got our new manager now, Dusty. You know, yeah, do man. it for Dusty. Dusty He's Baker. never won one as a, as a manager. All that. Seems like it's it's destiny. We're finally gonna shut up everybody. We're gonna win the World Series. Dusty's yeah. gonna get his first ring. It's meant to be. They have that mindset. We lose. Yeah. Whenever you have that destiny mindset, you lose. De- destiny. When you when you believe you're destined you're destined to do something, destiny comes back and kicks you right in the ass. The Mariners. Yeah. This was their year. Great quote. The first Mark. time making it back into the postseason in 21 <laughs> yeah. years. They were hot. They looked great. This is the Mariners' year. Yeah. Yeah. Destiny. They lose. Yeah. They put up a good fight. The thing is, is the Astros, with all of their experience, they're going into this thinking, okay, we've been here. We've we've lost. I mean, every every year except for 17, we've lost at some point. We've You know, even in World Series, ALCS, whatever, 
so they know okay this isn't a gimme yeah we're gonna have to fight we're gonna have to win this you know we're gonna have to play every second of the ball game and then also they know how bad it sucks last year thinking this is the one we're gonna win for dusty might be his last chance to win you know we're back again and they know, like, okay, this time around, it's it's not a gimme. Yeah, we're not playing even, around. Even with this, and it's another NL East team, just like the Nationals, just like the Braves. Yeah, yeah. So, I think most of the most of the country's kind of wrapped up in history. They like to hold on to the past, whether it be 2017, whether it be NL East beating the Astros in the World Series. There's a lot of rat poison out there. Yeah, not in the Astros dugout. Mm-mm. We know, we know better. You know, we've we've fallen victim to it too many times. We know that. It's going to be tough. We know that Dusty wants it. We know every player wants it. Our young guys are showing up whenever the older guys aren't. Yeah. They all are probably feeling very comfortable saying, I know that these guys got my back. If I'm not performing well, I don't need to get in my head about it. I just need to keep going through the process and get back at it. And we're starting to see that. So I think if, you know, a more realistic prediction would be Astros in six, I'm predicting Astros in five. I wouldn't be surprised for any outcome of this. I mean, it's – Yeah. I do think the Astros win it, but I wouldn't be surprised if we swept it or if we won in seven. Right, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. I'm predicting five. Gone. That's my yeah. prediction. Good middle I hate predictions. Ground. I hate doing them because you're, yeah. you're never right. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think – but realistically, I think that – I mean, especially – I would have thought, to me, it's so hard because I would have thought the Mariners would have gotten one at home because of the destiny, like you said. And yeah. then I thought the Yankees would have gotten one at home because it's the Yankees and they've had such a historic season. And they're the New York freaking Yankees. So They're a brand. Um, yeah, but the, me- I mean, it's the same exact thing. I think the Phillies are going to get one at home. But we could sweep these guys too, just like the rest of them. So. Yeah, who knows? Who knows what's yeah. going to happen, but... I do think, and most of the time whenever I predict this, it's the exact opposite. I think yeah. it's going to be low scoring. I think the whole, you know, this whole series is going to be low scoring. Somebody's calling. Yeah. I think that especially games one and two with Framber and Verlander on the mound and they've got Nola and Willer, I think it'll be low scoring. And I do think we come away with both of those victories. Yeah. Especially with the roof closed, it's going to be loud. The fans want it. The, yeah. the players want it. And, I mean, it's been, it's been nonstop. And, yeah. I mean, as a fan, you can't hardly wear Astros gear anywhere but, like, southeast Texas, southwest Louisiana without someone saying something to you. Yeah. I wore an Astros hat to, to the Saints game last year, and there was a guy there in a Bra- – and it was during the World Series. There was a guy there in a Braves hat, and it was actually a very civil conversation yeah. with him. <laughs> and yeah. I was, you know, the a couple of days before that, I was in the Denver airport wearing an Astros hat, and there was a girl in a Dodgers hat – and she was like mean mugging me, and I could hear her, like, audibly saying to her friends, like, "I'm about to go tell that guy something." I'm about blah, blah. I was like, "Like, dude, whoa, whoa. it's just, it's just like yeah, a game." That, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, it ain't that deep. But That's anyway, fun. like, so we're ready. We're ready to be able to just kind of, you know, and even like Big Cat was saying on the last, like, one of the last part of my takes. He's like, at this point. The Astros are just good. Who cares about 2017? Like, that yeah. does not matter. At this and, point, it does not matter. And Bob Costas said something about it. I think his point was not just to bring it up, but to say that we've overcome that. Yeah. Like, obviously, we're not cheating anymore. It's obviously that we're just freaking good and not – we weren't good just because we were cheating. We're yeah. the we're just a solid, consistent team. We do things unlike any, of a, any other team in the MLB. 
So a lot of people were freaking out about that. Mm-hmm. Understandably so, because everybody likes to bring it up. But I think, you know, that, that like you said, like yeah. and like Big Cat said, we are just that good. Yeah. So yeah. it's like the Patriots. We're inevitable. Another couple of, uh, like, superstitious things, too. The Yankees, we want Houston. The Mariners? Yeah. Houston, we are a problem. <laughs> yeah. Which, funny thing is, they made those shirts, and they didn't even come in until after that series, which they <laughs> yeah. lost oh my us. God. Got swept That's by brutal. Us. Um, and then the Phillies? We want Houston, so yeah. If, if that's an omen for anything, <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, but yeah. How could you say that after seeing another that? prediction I, I have? Which, so, ex roommates, you know, roommates in yeah. college. You got Bregman. You got Aaron Nola. I think Bregman hits a home run off of him. That's yeah. what I was thinking too earlier. I was like, how crazy is it going to be them two lining well, up against each other? For some reason, every time you see people who either are really close, old teammates, brothers, friends, whatever, and it's and it's a pitcher-batter combo. We saw it with Maton, Phil Maton, and uh, I can't remember. His, is it Nick Maton who plays for the Phillies? Yeah. He got a hit off of Phil who, put, who pitched for the Astros. I think Austin Nola got a hit off of Aaron Nola. I just for some reason the batters always win in that situation. I don't know what it is psychologically. Probably they, Aaron Nola has probably pitched Bregman so many balls just over their mm-hmm. time together. You know that's probably yeah. has something to Which do. Which their with. games change over the years, you know. Yeah. But but I do think Bregman, you know, at the very least, gets like a, a double or a triple off him. But I, it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna yeah. be a fun yeah. series. Be really. Fun I just series. hope that the Astros win. Yeah, we all yeah. won really bad, and then after that, it's like okay, we got our legitimate ring. Nobody can say anything to us about it, and we right. can just kind of enjoy yeah. sports just, just, without having a heart attack every game. Right. Yeah, it's it's like the past like two years we made the World Series without cheating, but if you win it, then everyone shuts up. Everyone yeah. shuts up and says, "You know what? The Astros aren't really that good." And yeah. which we, we, we we know that, but it's like the whole country needs to know. Right. You know what? Hey, the Astros are that good. It's so funny to think about, too, how we started these Astros updates as just like a gimmick segment in April or whatever, you know, like throughout Mm -hmm. the whole summer we were doing them. And now it's just cool that we've followed it the whole season. And now this is where we're at. So just a few more things before we wrap it up. I uh, I'd play some futures at the beginning of the season just, you know, for fun. We were plus 450 to win the ALCS. We're plus one thousand to win the World Series, like all all these things. I think our our win over under. I think we talked about this like a couple episodes ago. It was like ninety six or something. We won one oh six. So so far, like all these bets I took just for like for fun or whatever. Yeah, and giggles. Yeah. So I'm you know I I don't know I like I said earlier. I mean I think I think we'll come away with it. I don't I don't think it's going to be easy, but also. For whatever reason, all season long, it's been a reoccurring theme, and I think we've talked about this too. The Astros seem to do better against good pitchers. For yeah. whatever reason, if they're like a sub-3 ERA, we hit them really well. And if they're like over three, for whatever reason, is usually when our bats don't show up as <laughs> yeah. much. So I think, I think we'll do well these first two games. I mean, that's, that's what we saw against the Yankees. Whenever we hit against their two aces, that's – you know, we we did really well. Yeah. So – it's going to be an exciting series. Also just refreshing to that it's the Phillies and not like the Yankees again or the Nationals or the Braves again. Like it seems like this is just a weird matchup um for the World Series, so that'll be that in itself it will be interesting, so it'll be fun. 
it will be fun. Anything else for the Astros? I think we just about covered it, man. That was a forty minutes of it. Yeah, good, good update. If that was just an Astros update, man, that was. It's like finally yeah. what we've been working towards for so long. People, you know, I guess I don't even know a good. Maybe Matthew might have a better analogy, but I'd like to think of it like Bengals Rams last year. Everybody, you know, rooting for the Bengals. They were the the team of destiny. Yeah. They were the America's favorite team. Nobody really likes the Rams. The Rams still were the better team. Yeah. 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 I think it's going to be a similar series here. The Astros are just – everyone likes the Phillies. They want them to come out on top over the Astros. I just think the Astros are the better team. Yep. Amen, brother. Okay. Moving on to the LSU Tigers. What a game. Ole Miss – um, I guess we can just recap the the whole game here. I have a ton of notes, um, but what a win! Just overall, just I know the stigma around Ole Miss right now is that they they suck and they haven't played anybody. And we kind of talked about that last week. How their strength of schedule was poor, but they were still a number seven team, and they were still undefeated. People were the, literally last week on Pardon My Take. Andy Staples was talking about how. Ole Miss, you could see a four-team SEC college football playoff. So, with Ole Miss in there, obviously, we shut that down. Well, yeah, LSU ended that right there. Yeah. Um, So, what a win, first of all. And a a Brian Kelly statement win, I think. When you look at this team from FSU, that was my biggest takeaway, was how – Brian Kelly seems to be plugging the holes. We talk about special teams, which Jesus Christ, but Brian Kelly, the difference that you get with him when you compare him to our past head coach, it's he's actually plugging the holes and making adjustments. Right, right. As we pro- progress. As the game goes on, he's making, right. they're making adjustments. Yeah. It's not Through just. Through the season, too. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was my biggest, like, big picture. When you look at that, first game this is such a better team that played florida state and that's what it means that's why you go out and pay brian kelly 100 million dollars million a year yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah. um yeah that was that was my biggest takeaway from the game um and another big picture thought i had was after that slump i th- after the fsu game i thought we would have a slump in recruiting but obviously, Matthew, if you have recruiting news, I mean, we've been the past few weeks, we've been constantly doing the secondhand sirens there. There's still like now that you've seen the uptick with our games, the recruiting is still rocking and rolling. Like we've we've almost seen no slump there. So, um, yeah, that's I'm just glad we've improved there. So what's the what's the recruiting news, Matt? So LSU uh, just signed a, another recruit for uh, 2023. Three-star linebacker, uh, Christian Brathwaite. Christian Brathwaite, he's out of uh, Cypress, Texas, uh, Sia High School. He, um, I, there, I haven't seen any, like, I have not seen any video of him that I couldn't find anything on YouTube. But uh, all I can say is if Dave Aranda, former defensive coordinator at LSU, you know, wants to sign this kid, he's a good player. Because, you know, Dave Aranda was at LSU. He saw some of the greatest players like the Patrick Queens, the Devin Whites, you know he's looking at you know Brathwaite right now is only a three star, but I feel but he but I did read that he's uh he's having a stellar se- senior season, and he could bump up to a four star. LSU right now has he's the second linebacker to commit in the class 
other than uh, four-star linebacker Whit Weeks, brother of West Weeks. Um, nice. So, it, I mean, it, cool it, names. It, it is the bye week, but I do think that LSU, um, a lot of, like Brian Kelly said that, uh, you know, some of his coaches are going out on the road. Brian Polian is going pretty far up north to get kids. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, and that's the thing about Polian, you know, he's, he's a, now, special he's teams recruiting coach, director. He, he's, the, he's the recruiting coordinator. Yeah, coordinator. And, you know, he's 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 responsible for all the guys that LSU signed in the portal. Um, But they're also – some of the coaches are also recruiting kids on the roster still, which, you know, that's something that Ed Ogeron failed to do because you had so many guys either in the – port, uh, you know, wanting to jump in the portal or opting out. But it's like right now we're 6-2 and two and – the ceiling right now, you know, we control we, – I'm not going to say destiny, but, you know, we control our road. We control the road. Yeah. Um, It was a big, yeah, big, big win against Ole Miss. Offensively, we looked, you know – the fact that LSU was down 17-3, not – it never crossed my mind that we're going to lose this game. And there was one play where I think uh, Jackson Dart threw a long pass to his receiver. And, um, you know, I forget who it was. It may have been uh, – Maybe uh, Mingo. I don't know. So he missed. He missed the pass. You look on the sideline. Lane Kiffin has his head down. He's freaking out. I'm like, we, we stopped him. him. We I mean, got we, him. We completely stopped him. Like, and that was that was 17 to three. And I said, LSU has him. Yeah. We're gonna win this game now. And LSU was down seven, you know, 17 to three. They put up, and then the rest of that afternoon they were 42 and three, yeah. winning that game 45 to 20. Which, um. Like you said, Berger, it is a statement win for Brian Kelly. Um, I, I will say that, yes, Ole Miss is a great team. They haven't played anybody, but it's like they, they were coming in this game not even the favorites. Like, yeah. I, like, like I knew at some point LSU was, was going to come back and win because they've done that all season. Yeah. And I think that you got to give a huge shout-out to uh, the strength conditioning coach, uh, Jake Flint, and his staff. I think he needs a race. Yeah. Because it's like last – like you know, the past two seasons with Tommy Moffitt. And, you know, Tommy Moffitt was a great strength coach. He's, he's, right, yeah. he's a great strength coach, but it's like these guys are conditioned to play as the game goes on. Yeah. And like you said, the adjustments. I mean, like seeing seeing Jaden Daniels, you know, Jaden's spectacular. He's a spectacular running quarterback, but early in the year was just scared to throw those passes. Yeah, was, it just was very, very so timid. Uneasy. But to go from that to the Florida game where he threw that one pass to Dre Jenkins in the end zone, and then just this game, like, any time we had a, a run, like, it's like any time uh, Jaden took off, we're like, why are you doing that? You could throw the ball down the field. But you look in the Ole Miss game, you had a bunch of read options, like run design plays for Jaden. He was just – I mean, he was getting, like, yeah. racking up, like, 15 yards of play and stuff. I mean – And I've been critical of that. The last two episodes I've said I'm sick and tired of the the read option stuff, but it actually worked against Ole Miss. But that's the thing. Like, yeah, that's, but that's the thing. It's – like you know, Jaden Daniels, the past two games has accounted for just eleven touchdowns himself. Yeah, yeah. He had a, I think three touchdowns passing this game. It's like to me, yeah, it's I like think three passing, two rushing. I think I'm not sure though. Yeah, not experts, but just interested. He he, I did see a um, that he right now is his uh, he's the twelfth bet he has the twelfth best odds in the nation to win the Heisman. Yeah. Now, because what happened, this, you know, this, earlier this year. He's not going to win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, no. I, don't, I don't think he'll win the Heisman. But, but next year, he's still got a. I thought no. he was still eligible. He's eligible, but 
this is a you know him and Brian Kelly have talked in the beginning of the season. Look, this is just a one and done thing. Oh, really? This is a one and done thing. Oh, I, didn't I, I just that. I, I don't I don't believe that Jaden Daniels will come back. I know that he can improve next year and have better stats, but it's like right now he's looking at right now he'll he's probably be a fourth round NFL. pick. Yeah, yeah. Because I I don't see Jaden and I mean I think Jaden's a fantastic player and he's just you know growing as the game as each game. But I just don't look at him as a first-round pick. I look at him as a third- or fourth-round pick. And a running quarterback doesn't last long, so you want to save a season for him to get go get paid in the NFL if he can. Now, right. Will your so. opinion on that change after we win the national championship? That's what I was wondering. If we win out, you think he's coming back? I think he would if, if we win out. I don't know, man. I'm I'm, I'm on the Walker Yeah, I have train. him at plus 5,000 preseason. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I think, uh, but still, I mean, but Jaden's improved. I mean, just the improvement is just amazing. Um, defensively, I mean, I think you know, I look at a uh, Matt House and I look at him kind of like as a scientist. Basically, there was a clip um, that I saw on Twitter of Matt House making like in-game adjustments, like you said, in-game adjustments and everything. And you know, it's like the players that we have are just amazing. Harold Perkins, yeah, you know, Harold Perkins is like we've said before. Perk, he's going to yeah. be a dog. Yeah, man. Um, That's I posted that thing. Where in the world is? As soon, and Lane Kiffin even said it. I, I at this point, this is coming out on a Friday, so everybody has seen everything that's already come out about this game. But yeah. for Lane Kiffin to say forty Harold Perkins is unlike anybody else on the field, he was like, we assumed that they were going to play him because he's completely different than everybody else, and that you know that's credit a, that's to a, him. That's a huge amount of respect from yeah. a really good you know play yeah. caller and he changed the game as soon the, like they put him in for one weird play it was like a third and something and yeah. then they took him out and then they put him in for like the rest of the game and he changed the game I mean, he did he did. jackson dart was running for his life when Jack- he was in the game jackson like, dart jackson dart you know playing at usc he's playing teams like oregon state oregon and arizona state no he's playing in death valley against you know one of the most intimidating environments in college football yeah, he was like you said he was a deer in headlights that yeah. game for me yeah. Um, well, another thing, just real quick, talking about the players that we have are incredible. When you think about the most important position on the offensive line is tackle, and we have two true freshmen playing there right now. Last year they were in high school football games, and yeah. now they are a part of one of the best offensive lines in the SEC, like the most improved, I would say. Yeah. Um, and we don't even have – do we even have Dellinger back? I don't think – I think he was he's still out. So uh, I think, yeah, yeah, uh Brian Kelly I I haven't heard anything on Dellinger. Yeah. Uh but, but just 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 this line is incredible and that goes back to coaching to me. If yeah. you have a high school guy playing at this level in the SEC, that is Brian Kelly and we've we've talked about it. He's produced some of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. Zach Martin, uh Mike yeah. McGinley. I mean, those are guys, you know, Zach Martin's an all yeah. pro with the Cowboys. Yeah. So, um, that's yeah, what you get with Brian Kelly, right? And like like you were saying, um, like Will Campbell when he first got to LSU, he came in the spring, but we already knew like just from the first practice we knew he's good, he's gonna yeah. be really good. But Emory Jones, he didn't come yeah. in the spring. Emory Jones came in the fall, and he was you know people were kind of saying, well, he's probably gonna he may like you know play a little bit of guard and stuff coming in, but he's playing right tackle and he's you know dominating right now. Yeah, and right now LSU has a five a five star uh, Zaylance Hurd. Right now in the 2023 class, he may not start next year if Emory yeah. keeps improving. But I mean, you want to get him on the field. Um, 
but just just a huge I mean I wouldn't say like you know from Florida State it's like um you, you just look bad but like you said about Brian Kelly he took it he you know he did everything one by one yeah. he's not just saying we need to change everything quarterback he says no he stuck with Jaden Daniels the whole entire time and Jaden and Jaden's benefiting from it yeah um and he knows what to do with him too it's like it's not like you're just throwing the guy out there because that's all you have it's like he's improved slowly over time yeah and i think i think part of it has to do with this team was almost a brand new team playing together and that is huge for timing for like instincts when you're playing with each other that timing is everything with the the way passing football is now and you have to get used to that with your your guys and i think playing together has um just as they play together more, that's going to improve. So. Yeah, well, yeah, and you also look at like Kayshawn Boutte. Like Booty was quiet, you know, at the beginning of the season. Then Florida, he has a big game, and I still um, have in his. I still, when he catches the ball, he's incredible. But he's one incredible. of the notes that I have is he still continues to not be able to make difficult catches. Sometimes, like he'll it'll hit him in the hands, but just like. A tick late, and yeah. he just it just doesn't even register that he's trying to catch the ball. It happened a couple times. I, I noted once in the first quarter, and then the first drive of the second half, um, he just it hit him in the hands, and he just couldn't bring it in. Yeah. But when he gets it, it's like he can extend the play anywhere. Well, so the, the, the catch against Florida, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, caught yeah. a double That's, coverage going you know out of bounds. He made that big catch. He got injured. Yeah, but still, I mean, it was a great play and. You know, going on the receivers, it's like no one's talking about Brian Thomas Jr. right now. Brian Thomas, I think, has two touchdowns in both games. I mean, he's right now, you know, besides Jare Jenkins, Thomas is probably one of your best receivers. Yeah. And, like, you know, in the old Miss game, Jare Jenkins, uh, he had that long touchdown pass where he was running deep, but the ball was kind of underthrown. That was incredible. He was covered by two guys. He yeah. broke, caught it. That could have been a pick. Easily, yeah. the way that he ball put, was thrown, he put his body in the way, scored right. There. I mean, just yeah. scored right there. So, yeah. I mean, just just a huge improvement by LSU, and um, our tight end too, that Mason dude. Taylor fought, dude. finally caught his first TD. Holy moly, he was making plays the whole game. Like that was, he's incredible. And like Mason Taylor, another freshman, like yeah, per Harold Perkins, Will Campbell, Emory Jones, and Mason Taylor. I mean, like Brian Kelly said in the beginning of the season, he said Mason Taylor is going to have. You know, be a not just a good tight end, but a great tight end for LSU. And Taylor wasn't even rated as a you know a five star recruit. He was a three star. But to me, stars just don't matter. It's like the production they get. Yeah, and the, I hate stars, but yeah. yeah. Um. Now going on Brian Kelly though, all I can say is we got a great football coach. Oh yeah. We have like, I think that the national media, including Barstool, Brandon Walker was talking about it last night in a short YouTube video. He was saying, you know, in the beginning of the season, we just talked about how, like, oh, Brian Kelly, you know, coming to LSU, fake, trying to fake a Southern accent. And now it's like, no, Brian Kelly is the real deal. He's for real, yeah. He's the real deal. And, you know, they're, just these past two games just has shown – it's just, you know, they have grown, basically. Yeah. I think the fact that we have – the fact that we're 6-2 and two on one of those games where we lost by one – and also the fact that Notre Dame is just pissing down their leg yeah. every single game now has shown that Brian Kelly is the real deal. That Brian Kelly had sure. an impact, and that's yeah. the thing. I mean, you look at Daniels. He set a record for two 
or more pass touchdowns and two or more rush touchdowns in two games. That's the first time an LSU quarterback has done that. Burrow only did it once. Yeah. So um, now Jaden's not Burrow. Jaden's not Burrow. No, no, he's not Burrow. Uh, LSU's offense scored a touchdown on the first six possessions in Gainesville. Then a week later, the Tigers scored a touchdown on six of the final eight possessions against Ole Miss. That's just you know incredible. The the uh, let's see. I thought I had another cool stat. It doesn't look like it. The The refs were killing me. I don't know if y'all could notice it very much when because y'all both went to the game. But, yep, yeah. like, the second offensive drive for Ole Miss, we got penalized six times, I think. And then the fourth quarter, it was like almost every play at one point, like back to back to back to back to back. They just kept throwing flags for everything. It was like, what in yeah, the world? Yeah. One of the most so. – Loudest and unified chants I've heard in Tiger Stadium in a long time. Refs, you suck. Uh, Refs, really? you suck. I, yeah. I haven't heard that chant in years. In the because entire once stadium. I heard that chant, I said, I think we're getting back. I think we're coming back a little yeah. bit. You could probably hear it from Plaquemine. Yeah. Hear, hear it from Kaplan. Um, talking about Brian Polian, first play of the game offsides. Yes. But then he redeems himself because we actually caught a punt. I seriously like – Every time the opponent punts the ball, I get scared. I get, I get scared now. Yeah. But but after he caught that punt, he got a standing ovation, yeah. Greg, Greg Clayton Jr. So I, I think that Greg Clayton is going to be your, your return man because, I mean, he can catch the ball. Yeah, He's capable of catching the ball. So I think LSU is going to be set up there. Uh, Ramos, Ramos missed a field goal, like a 40-something yarder field goal. Yeah, that's towards the beginning, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was the beginning yeah. of the game. So, But, I mean – you know, we he, made up for it, obviously, but but, but he's yeah he's a that, I've kicker. I was like hashtag fire Brian Polian because he I mean that's just that was killing me. But I mean if our offense can make up for it, but I don't know. I don't think Brian Kelly is going to fire Brian Polian because he's like the hand of the king, yeah, you know. But yeah. but um, they got to do something, and it comes down to it. That's an off season thing, I think for sure. You got to get guys that have played punt returner and kick returner in high school and had yeah. experience. Because, like, uh, who was it? Neighbors had never done that before. So that's huge um, for for during the off season. And obviously we've improved, but it's still, like, geez louise. Um, another note that I had, and I've been meaning to bring up this tweet. One of the funniest tweets I've ever seen was the LSU – Tigers and the Saints always start games like they just ate Taco Bell. And that was so true. It was like, we have to spot the team at least 10 points um, before we even start playing in the football game. And it really is true. Like, when they when we, when they were up 17-3, to three, I was like, we could still come back and win this game because that's just what we do. Um, so, yeah. Um, very uh, interesting there. Um, we could talk about the – That is impressive, though, the adjustments that the team was able to make at that point. Yeah. yeah. It's like even Florida – like even Florida – I mean, I know we talked about Florida State, but it's like we were getting our ass kicked by Florida State, but they still made adjustments, and they almost won that game. And I said – and after that, I said, you know what, hey, like if we're behind, like I know for a fact going into the third and fourth quarter, we're going to be ready to play because our coaches are going to make adjustments and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we find our groove, I feel like it – Daniels seems to find a rhythm eventually, like just in the flow of the game. So that's a big one. We can talk about um, the 
the storming of the field. I know we've talked about it like pretty much everybody listening to this podcast has probably heard us three talk about it in our yeah. group text and stuff. To me, it, it, I think it was cool for this ragtag team, like this current team of guys, to have that, to have the students rush the field for them. And the players that have been on those terrible teams, like there's players on this football team that were there for the six and six seasons. And so I think they deserved to have, um, you know, a, a field rushing when we defeat a number nine team, like our number seven, number seven team. Yeah. And I think the guys that have podcasts that have had to cover this football team for these six and six seasons, I think they deserved uh, to be able to rush the field too. And y'all obviously did. When y'all were yeah. On the well, field, yeah. So. And the thing was, I was the one that was criticizing it. Like, oh, you shouldn't rush the field at all. And Gunner, and then Gunner brought up, he was like, yeah, Matthew, yeah, you're criticizing, but you were the first one that rushed in with us, with our group. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, it's, it, you know, it may not have been the flashiest game. And, of course, for a program as, you know, I guess as, as uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but a program like LSU that is usually such a good, like, yeah, gold standard yeah. program. Right. Maybe that's not the game to do it. Yeah. But like you said, after the last two years, and then if there's any doubt of if we should have rushed the field or not, watching the video of the players, whenever they saw the students start to rush the field, they were all like that's that. What, yeah. They were yeah. so hyped up seeing that. And yeah. to me, that that should be, you know, not that I think we have any problems anymore with like locker room issues or anything, but if anything, I think that shows them all like we're doing something right. Like, yeah. And look, they're in it. They're sold. Like it's, it's time to keep it going. Yeah, especially because it started with the students too. Yeah, at the end of the day, they're all like eighteen to twenty-three year olds. You know, so to have their fellow eighteen to twenty-three mm-hmm. year olds like rush the field, and then obviously us old guys. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. but my thing is, it's like you know those seen those students that were seniors at LSU. They're around in twenty nineteen. They seen greatness at LSU. So. For me, I think that was kind of embarrassing, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, look, look, it was great to rush the field. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not all the way against it. I just think that when you're playing a team like Ole Miss, Ole Piss, by the way, right? Because yeah. you know, Ole Miss is not like LSU. It's not like Alabama or Georgia. Yes, they're on a great run, seven and zero run. But you know what that did? What that does is that gives Ole Miss confidence, saying, "Hey, you know what? LSU is rushing the field against us. Hey, we are a pretty good team." Yeah, like you know, their their fans, everybody's thinking that now, and that, that's why. And the funny thing was, um, we were on the field. We saw a legendary American press sports writer, Scooter Hops. He was walking on the field with a camera, and um, he he came. He saw I was like Scooter, and he came up to me and said, with his his breath smelled like cigarettes. You can mm-hmm. tell he smokes a lot. He said, "Uh, you don't rush the field when you beat Ole Miss." You rush it when you beat Alabama, yeah. and I was like, "You're right." And it also, I also thought about a time when uh, 2000, Nick Saban's first season. So LSU loses to UAB, huge loss. Fire Saban, get him out of here, which is crazy to think now. A week later, you beat top ranked, you know, one of the best teams in college football that season, Tennessee. The fans rush the field, and then like two weeks later, Mississippi State was like number 13 in the country, and they rushed the field. And then Nick Saban, so Nick Saban had a, someone asked him about it. He said, you know what, it's great, but, you know, we shouldn't be doing that every single game. 
Yeah. We want to be the team that other teams and fans rush the field for. Yeah. And like that's what I'm that's what I say. Now, you know, Brian Kelly was asked about it and he said um it was he was doing his interview with CBS and they said they um they said uh the trooper behind him was saying, "Hey coach, we got to go." And Brian Kelly was like I didn't think the interview was that bad. Which what what I forgot what Brian Kelly said about it actually. That's what it was. Yeah. Well, he said he said uh we should keep doing it. And then they were like, "Well, don't encourage the students to rush the field." Like obviously, he was just saying like we want to win more of those big games like that. So I don't uh, see the thing to me though is it it really didn't look that different from whenever we did it in was it 14 against Ole Miss? I mean, they were they were ranked. Of course, they weren't number. They were well, number, they were number three. three. They're yeah. number seven this time. But we were, what were we? We were actually ranked last time, and we and we rushed the field. Yeah. This time we're yeah. unranked. So it's like, you know, and it was and it was like somewhat. It wasn't like thirty something to twenty something. So yeah. that wasn't exactly a close game either. Yeah, to I me, the, the students have a whole different perspective because they go to the school, and well, they've like just because they are seniors there. There's also juniors sophomores and freshmen that but they're doing it because the seniors are up front and the seniors are we should rush it's like no don't rush uh, i don't know i don't, I don't, I don't know i just i mean the I, kids I, have fun yeah yeah if you were in that student section you'd be you weren't even in the student section old man yells at cloud yeah, exactly old yeah. miss plays old piss texas a&m next week they can still write their ship and be eight and one um I love Ole Miss just because I like Lane Kiffin and Jackson you Dart, love I think is you love Ole Miss. Yeah, I like I like watching them. Yeah. Oh. I think they're a good. Uh, do what? Yeah. I'll, I'll, right. I'll exactly. Their, Me too. I'll they're fu- colors, they're so fast. They wear it's the same kind of color scheme as uh, like the uh the Chargers when they wear those powder blues. I just like Lane Kiffin as a coach, and I think Jackson Dart is a fun quarterback to watch. I love beating their ass for sure, yeah. but I think they're going to be, you know, solid. Um, and then looking ahead, I mean, we don't have to – I don't think we should preview Alabama yet. I think we should just sit in this – Superstitions. Um, yeah, in this uh, thing. But uh, it's, it's the bye week, so we're taking a break basically. Right. Let me pause real quick. We had to bid – Gunner, farewell. One last thing. Um, just, I I hate to look ahead, but I just want to say this just so I don't forget it. Uh, that was a weird sound. Do we have the talent to beat Alabama? I think we do. Do we have, are we going to beat Nick Saban during a rebuild year? I don't believe we are. But anything can happen. Um, oh, another thing that Brian Kelly said in one of his press conferences is that against Tennessee, they were going, they were a lot more aggressive than they should have been. And he was like, "I should have coached better," but that game was closer than the score said. There was like our players were doing what they what we asked them to do, and Tennessee is a fucking, I mean, freaking damn good football team. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say. We'll do a full preview of Alabama next week um, because there's just it's just a lot. That's a big that's a big game. I want to sit and uh, you know bask in the glory of beating uh, Ole Miss. And we we got up to I think we're 18 in the coaches poll now, or something like that. Maybe 20. 
Can't remember. I think we're we're eighteen. The AP poll. I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay. AP poll is garbage, and the guy who wrote it is garbage. Um, moving on. Just a couple notes in. Uh, Let's talk about Texas A&M. So, how Oof. about those cocks, Matthew? South Carolina Gamecocks beat Texas A&M. Huge, first of all, a huge game for Shane Beamer. They're five and two now. Him turning that around is pretty cool. I don't think. I mean, it's South Carolina. Like they're not gonna be it's cocks. Yeah, they're not gonna be world beaters. But it's cool that he's you know he's gotten some wins. Well, they also beat a really bad A&M team. That's that, true. That on paper was great. With a huge offseason they've had with, you know, the buying best, every... Yeah, the best recruiting class, like you said, buying. What were you going to say? Buying every single player in their class to, you know, Jimbo trying to beat down Nick Saban in a press conference when Nick Saban was saying nothing about him. He just said that A&M bought all their players. Uh, and Jimbo's took that as a threat and said, I don't mind confrontation. And then they had the media asked, and they're like, uh, have you talked to Saban? He's like, nope, not going to answer my phone. So, yeah. Basically, avoiding confrontation. Let me let me read you some facts about Texas A&M, Matthew. Texas A&M has now lost its last four games against unranked FBS opponents, and F- Jimbo Fisher is two and six in the Aggies' last eight in S- against FBS competition. Texas A&M's offense has scored less than twenty-five points Oof. in nine straight. FBS games. The only teams with lower active streaks are Colorado and Rutgers. Pro- possibly the worst teams in college football. Colorado and Rutgers. I mean, they those two teams are terrible. Yeah, Colorado got their first win two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, record through 55 games at Texas A&M. Kevin Sumlin, 39-16, and 16, who got fired. He got ran out of town. Jimbo Fisher is 37-18. and 18. Sumlin with 39 and 16, Fisher 37 and 18. It is incredible to me that the whole college football world is just sitting here. They know that AM wants to fire him and but they, they can't. Like well, everybody knows it. Well it's they incredible. They, they can fire him because you're in Texas. But why 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 Pay a ninety million dollar buyout and then try to you know pay another coach a hundred million. It's just not worth to do that. Yeah. Um, what I think is going to happen is this season is there's two things that are going to happen. Number one, Jimbo's going to have to fire almost every member of his staff at A and M this season because offensively they're just not great offense. And yeah, it's like well, if you, it's like kind of an Ed Ogeron situation. It's well, we're not going to fire you, but you need to, you know. Here's maybe. here's here's what it, it's less miles all over again. The exactly. name of the school attracts top ten talent, and he has shown zero signs of adapting his offense. His offense is like from two thousand. Well, he's right calling he's calling the plays too. Yeah, and he's got a million sheets of pay. He's got like a portfolio with him every game. Like, have you seen him on the yeah. sideline? It's yeah. like constant. Looks, stre- so. looks stressed as hell right yeah. now. Thinking like. Man, I'm about to get – I can get fired. I, it's just going to get yeah. worse and worse. It's just he's he's still there because he's had past success, like like Jameis Winston, Les Miles had Odell Beckham Jr. and Tyron Matthew. Leonard and the, Fournette. And, Leonard Fournette. But he's shown zero signs of adapting, and their talent is the only thing keeping them alive. And now it it's crumbling. Like it, Even now, with, especially with the transfer portal, the players have so many more options – 
And he even said today he had the probably one of the dumbest things. I mean, it was his Dan Mullen, uh, we don't recruit during the season moment. Let me see if I yeah. can pull it up real quick because um, it was ridiculous. Uh, let's see. Yeah, okay. Texas A&M struggles on the field might be all part of the master plan to help recruiting. They, uh, Fisher said, they see opportunities. Everybody says, why go somewhere that's winning all the time? I may not play in a while. Yeah. That is <laughs> ridiculous to say. Why go somewhere where I'm going to win? Like, no recruit is saying, I want to go somewhere where I'm not going to win all the time. Yeah. Um. So, just, I don't know, dude. They it, could fire him for that shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just the the reaction right bad. at this point i mean people were commenting on that thing like he's just trying to get the buyout now Which, i think i think during the offseason we see if he if they don't just come up if they don't just cough up the money they're going to try to frame him something for cause the same way they're doing with brian harson something's going to come out that may or may not have happened with jimbo fisher and yeah and intern or something like that and 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 he's had he's gonna have to navigate his own waters and yeah. you know completely you know because we've seen that he's screwed up with that, um, but this is also my thing too. And it's it's not just with Jimbo, it's Texas A and M as a whole. Like if you're a recruit, like you think of all the players they signed this offseason, all the five stars and guys, none of those. I bet you like you know back then and Josh Pate he talked about it a lot. It's like. You know, in the '80s and '90s, those kids growing up in East Texas and Houston, or like in C, like cent, like maybe a little bit Central Texas, they all wanted to go to A and M because, like you know, my my grandpa went to A and M, my uncles all played football there, and you know, I want to bleed maroon and uh white. I want to be able to go there and you know, be a part of the tradition and all of that. To be you know, see the twelfth man, see the stupid ass yell leaders and everything. Uh-huh. Um, but players today in college football don't give a fuck about that at all. Yeah, excuse my language, but uh-huh. they just—it's like, and if you see it, like there was a—you know—they were talking. There are three players right now suspended uh, for smoking weed in the locker room yeah. before South Carolina. Now that's that's probably happened before. I'm not yeah, gonna... and it was three freshmen. They probably weren't going to play, but still, that—that's the fact that it got out. One, like you said, it probably happens a lot, but the fact that it got out is a sign that things are falling apart. Well, and it's like I think there was another th- since uh, another one that was saying um, that some of these you know players are trying to recruit other players. Hey, let's just hop in the portal and go play at this school. Yeah, and you know I just you know a and it like if it's like LSU and Alabama, you see all these five stars, four stars going to Alabama. Well, why do they go to LSU, LSU, Alabama? Because you know, hey, it's you know Baton Rouge is a great city. I mean, they've won, they're winning Alabama. You know, you can win a championship and stuff over there. What has Texas A and M done in the past decade? Had a Heisman Nothing. Trophy winner? They, they, they haven't. But yeah, and even then, it was like it was all on the Heisman Trophy. You know, it was all Johnny Manziel was the reason that he yeah. won the Heisman. It's not like the strategy was stupendous. So now, um, there are a couple. There are, there were a couple of recruits that were from uh, from Louisiana that committed to A and M in twenty twenty two. Uh, Jacoby Matthews, a safety out of uh, I think Ponticello, a uh, diehard LSU fan, just wanted to go to LSU, wanted to play football for LSU, and A&M was also recruiting him too. So on signing day, he calls Frank Wilson. He's crying. He's like, Coach, you know, 
I want to come to LSU. I want to come to LSU. And Frank Wilson's saying, well, we'll sign. We got you. You can come. He said, no, I'm just – I got to take the money. My family needs the money. Uh, one of their other players, Denver Harris, the corner, um, he, you know, his dad played basketball for LSU. I think, you know, his family all went to LSU. But just like Jacoby Matthews goes to a and because of the money. And now he's suspended. And it's like people, you know, there was a poll kept on bringing up, like, should LSU go and recruit some of these players? Like, like maybe, like, if, like if they're a, like a – if they've been at A&M for a while and they want to come to LSU, okay, that's great. But it's like these Can you freshmen. Imagine Max Johnson coming to uh, coming back to LSU. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, yeah. I mean, I just don't think you should go and sign these players. Have you seen Andy Reid on the State Farm commercials? That's hilarious. He's just picking up advertisements. Yeah, you know? yeah. Maybe he's retired. Maybe he's just saying, yeah. well, I'm going to take this money from State Farm and mm-hmm. you know be well off." Um. But yeah, I mean, A&M right now, I just I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the season. Uh they're just they're just declining really really bad and you know, for you know, everything that happened having the number 1 recruiting class will bind the number 1 recruiting class and you're 3 and 4 right now. It's like, well, yeah, these like and I'm kind of going circles here, but it's like, well, yeah, I mean, these guys are going to come back next year with Jimbo, they'll have a brand new offensive coordinator, maybe a new defensive coordinator and um you know, they'll do good, but you know, some of these guys are probably going to transfer. Like, they have one kid, um, Le- Le'Veon Moss. He's a running back out of this Truma High School in Baton Rouge. He was a four-star. He's a freshman. He could come back to LSU because LSU needs more running backs next season. So, you can see him coming back. Um, I lost my train of thought. I think they're going to win the next four games because they have Ole Miss, who we've seen can be beaten, mm. Florida, Auburn, Auburn is in shambles right now. They're they're Brian Harson's going to be gone, and then UMass, and then LSU. LSU's going to kick their you know LSU's well, going to beat Texas. Well, also this is another thing too. This weekend A and M plays Ole Miss. That is their first conference home game all yeah. year long. Yeah, the last time A and M played at home this year was against Miami. Yeah, and there was you know some of those fans were camping out. Yeah, at, yeah, by, trying that. to get tickets like you know yesterday trying to get tickets to this game so. Yeah, their fan base is completely loyal. They love A and M. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Like they're, they're always going to you know. St- well, it's a cult too. So. Yeah, no, it's a cult. It's like the it's like but those those players like getting there, seeing those yell leaders. It's like I don't want to be a part of this. I mean, Harold Perkins was an A and M commit. Yeah, and he probably got there on campus. Was like, I don't like this. I'm gonna decommit and commit to LSU. Yeah, go back home. Um. It's a very interesting situation. That's that's why I said I think they can win the next four games, and then the the narrative might change because it's like okay, he started, he picked it up at the end of the season. I think LSU is going to kick their ass, but um, I think he might end up still being there because they can win the next four games. And wait, Jimbo still be yeah. Well, yeah, I mean they're, they're not going to fire Jimbo. It's just. I mean, they they have the power to do it, but I just don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, you know, I think that they'll give Jimbo an ultimatum and say, "Look, bring in a whole new staff, give up play calling duty, give up your play calling duties, give it to you know a good offensive coordinator, and you know maybe you can win because you have playmakers on that team." But it's just like some of those players may not be back next year because they're looking at them and saying, "Well, I don't want to be a part of this." 
it's 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 a bad culture and it's like and then i'm going once again i'm going around in circles the, the gears are grinding mm-hmm. um it's like i don't think lsu should get any of these players some of these players i think that you should get some kids but i just don't think you should get the kids that are getting suspended because that's that's a bad culture bringing into your locker room. Yeah. And Brian Kelly right now has, you know, you haven't had any players get in trouble this offseason or anything. Yeah. So I just – I think that LSU right now is going on a great pace and, they're you know, they're getting guys and they'll continue to get more guys. A&M right now I just think is is, is slowing down real bad. And, you know, ultimately they may have – you know, next season they may have to make a coaching move, which another thing is – Lane um, Kiffin might want to be Lane- – uh, Going over there, I mean Lane Kiffin going there where they have money. It's a bigger program. He would you know, kill to it. He would destroy just because the offense would be like the way his offense is almost in the future compared to Jimbo Fisher's offense. The way he's like cultivated the culture with the young guys that he has, I think Lane Kiffin would be scary yeah. at Texas A and M. Well, Lane Kiffin. The uh, offensive coordinator at Tennessee, Alex Golish. I mean, he's 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 probably getting offers right now from from other schools. Hey, look, we want to hire you as a head coach and everything. So, I mean, it's time will tell. We 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 just don't know. Yeah. Uh, moving on, just another uh, round the horn here in the SEC. Mississippi State was good enough to beat Alabama. They outgained Alabama two hundred ninety three yards to two ninety. Held the tie to 29 yards rushing and still lost yeah. by 24 points. Mike Leach said that his players were scared of the other team because they had the word Alabama on their jerseys. Obviously a very uh, cute Mike Leach. Um, Another quote from him. Quote, but I uh, I don't think that's going to last too long. Like I said at the beginning of the season – they now Mississippi State has beat some good teams. That's a thing. They they beat I think uh, Arkansas and they beat another ta- Texas A and M. Arkansas is so, not that good. They're they're not as good. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're starting to fade a little bit. That Their is secondary true. Is horrible. Right when and when Mississippi State beat them, I was like, oh dang, that's different. But you are right. We're kind of seeing how uh, how the bad teams, how bad they really are at this point. Now Rod- this Rogers is, is great though. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the first time this season that Alabama has been held under 100 yards rushing, and uh, the 29 yards are the lowest total since LSU allowed six yards last year. Yep. When we had Ed Ogeron, the fired head coach, uh, leading the Tigers into Tuscaloosa. Um, I'm well, going to save that stat for next week, too, because well, that's just – Unreal. Well, at that point, you, you had, you know, at that point at Ogeron, you know, kind of just gave up everything to say, you know what, guys, just go play. Yeah. And you had, F it, you we had, ball. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. So, just incredible. But Alabama, I mean, the tide keeps rolling, obviously. They have a bye uh, week. They so. have a bye week, and they will face the toughest opponent that they've had all year in the LSU Tigers. So, um, anything else for college, Matt? So, uh, Another recruiting news, the uh, the number two player in the nation, cornerback Carmani McLean, who was looking at Miami and Florida he's as going his to top Ohio two. State. He's going to Miami. Oh wow! So I thought you were about to say he's going to LSU. <laughs> no, he's going. He's if it was LSU, I would have said that first. Um, huge shocker right there. It's, uh, 
Yeah, Miami Coy- sucks. Yeah, uh, yeah, NIL probably. Well, Coy Ray- Well, the thing is, Coy Raymond's the defensive back coach for Florida, and Coy Raymond's known Dang. for getting great defensive backs. Yeah. Well, you just lost the number two player in, in the country to one of your biggest rivals. Yeah. So the, the thing about Coy Raymond, he was a great coach with LSU. He was a great, you know, he got all these great DBs. But I think going to another school, it's like he's probably just just an average DB coach at this point. Yeah. Something like, about Florida now with the, all these guys that are like the one player that was at the Alabama game in Alabama gear. Yeah. Like as a Florida player, that's just a bad look. And I don't think everybody keeps saying uh, like the culture with the UL capitalized for Billy Napier. I understand like it. To me, it's just difficult as a first-year head coach. The, the A lot of those guys aren't his recruits. I think it takes time, and I think Billy Napier is a good leader. But, boy, it's it's not a good look when you have Brian Kelly having the entire team completely buy in. I mean, this team is so bought into Brian Kelly's message. Yeah. And then you look on the flip side for at LSU Beat Tweets, favorite coach in the SEC – Billy Napier, what, what's that guy's name? Brian Glenn, Glenn Gilbo. Glenn Gilbo, his favorite coach in uh, Billy Napier is not doing well. Now, there now Florida. Gilbo, I, Gilbo did go on a he did go on the uh, Tiger uh, he did go on a uh, podcast and he talked about he's like, look, you know, I never favored Napier over Kelly. If you had to ask me who the next head coach at LSU should be, it should it should be Brian Kelly. Now he. He likes Napier because Napier did so did great at UL and stuff. But it's like, think about this: LSU could have hired Billy Napier. You would have had, you know, that could have been LSU players going to an Alabama game wearing Alabama gear. You could have had Lane Kiffin as your head coach, where you know, like you know, first time at a big school and stuff. I mean, well, I mean, not first time at a big school, but you know, at LSU. But you, you know, you just won because oh, Lane Kiffin's so cool. I mean, his offense yeah. is cool. You could I don't have think had, Lane Kiffin is a, a Brian Kelly caliber. You, you could have had Billy Napier, who you know at the UL, you know he recruited my son to come play for UL and stuff. Like you know he he needs to be the next LSU coach. You could have had Mel Tucker. I mean Mel Tucker, the Michigan State head coach, you know smoking a cigar, wearing glasses, you know really cool guy, coached with Nick Saban in the um, you know in the early two thousands at LSU. Like you could have had one of those guys, but you got the right coach, and like that's what I'm saying. When Brian Kelly was hired, it's like, you know, when all these other coaches, like when Florida hired Napier, I that, is that a big loss? I mean, I have no idea. But LSU basically dropped a nuke on them yeah. by hiring Brian Kelly. And it's shown, like, just this year. Yeah, that's true. So, right now, all we know is right LSU got the right guy and they're on, the, they're on a better path than all these other teams that hired this coach because of, oh, he's just cool. Brian Kelly's not a – cool guy he yells at his players <laughs> yeah he's a football coach right that's what he is yeah he's a damn good one too elite um anything else for college football uh, we can move on to the worst topic of all God, the new orleans saints absolutely embarrassing um i think they're gonna blow it up soon i think uh cj gardner johnson was the beginning of that we have one of the oldest teams in the NFL, unfortunately. Yeah. I think it sucks because this squad is so tight. Like, the defense, 
Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, the offense, Alvin Kamara, you have Mark Ingram. Everybody's hyping each other up. When we added Jarvis and Tyron Matthew, it was like, hell yeah, let's go. LSU players, Louisiana, they would just that, make the team better. That new uh, what, Peyton Turner, who's that new defensive end? I always forget his name. Peyton. Peyton, yeah, Peyton Turner, right? Yeah, I think it's Peyton Turner. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, Jameis, always good-spirited. Uh, but Dennis Allen, as the head coach, just is not – Cutting it, I think. I I truly think it's him now. At this truly. point, he he came out with a decision today that Andy Dalton's starting, even though Jameis is healthy. Like, I just I don't know, man. He's had you. I saw a tweet uh, from somebody talking about how he's always had terrible starts as a head coach, and I think that's just who he is at this point. It's so much harder to be a head coach than an offensive or defensive coordinator, I think, because. You have to deal with the whole team, and you have to deal with all the like, press conferences and the organization of the program, whereas if you're just focused on coordinate, coordinating a defense, uh, it's a lot uh, more broken down. So one thing that's good, uh, Carolina beat Tampa Bay. So the NFL, the NFC South is still attainable, fortunately. Somehow, I'd like... It's unbelievable that Carolina beat Tampa, um, but I think there's just some really like the NFC South is it's garbage. Yeah, it's terrible. and it's like going to this season. Everyone said, "Well, just the Saints are the best team." Yeah. Well, you have the because you, know, you have all these veteran guys, but age is age shows. Yeah, now. they're all old. <laughs> you have old guys. You have Michael Thomas, and this is this is my opinion. Out for a toe. You never you never ever pay your star wide receiver top money. Because ever since Michael Thomas got paid, he's just been going downward on the downward spot. And yeah. I think that, you know, at this point now, it's like, what's it? What's I think he's having played. I, have we seen him play two games, consecutive games? I don't think we have. Like, I, I haven't seen him since I haven't seen him since he played against Carolina. Yeah. It's, and yeah. I, just, I just think that once you paid him, that was a mistake. Yeah. And Mickey Loomis is a great GM, but that was a mistake paying him. You know, he was a big time receiver and he was growing. I, I understand he was the offensive player of the year and stuff. But I just don't think you pay him that kind of money because once you pay him, you get it, Antonio Brown. Yeah, which he's not Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is freaking psycho. Yeah, but um, I just, I'm just, I mean, I'm not, I'm disappointed because we had, you know, we had a great team going this preseason, but it just shows that Dennis Allen and from from that Carolina game, I figured out that Dennis Allen just can't coach. I mean, he got yeah. out coached by Matt Rule. Matt Rule got fired. He got out coached by Cliff Kingsbury, who's probably going to get fired at some yeah. point. Yeah, and it's like you know, like the quarterback, the quarterback situation. Jameis is healthy. Well, Jameis is you know, Jameis can probably. Play. I mean, he's practice, he's practicing, he's he's playing, he's dressed out. He's I mean, he's ready to he could play. But it's like you're only going with Andy Dalton to tell Jameis Winston that you know you were committed to him, but and you, Andy Dalton's just going to be a backup. And then for Dennis Allen to say, "Well, we're just going. Uh, well, we're just going with." Uh, you know, Andy Dalton because of his performance. Dude, he threw two back-to-back pick sixes against the yeah. Cardinals. What yeah. the hell? Like, it's just – it's stupid. Yeah. I just I just don't see this getting any better. At this point now, and, then, like, I'm not a diehard Saints fan. I mean, I love the Saints, but, like, I'm just not a big – I'm not a huge, like, supporter of them. Yeah. And I just think with them, you know, with hiring Dennis Allen, it was just kind of like, well, let's just hire him because he knows the culture and everything. Well – you sign all these players who were, you know, when you sign all these players, sign all these LSU guys, and 
I just, you know, I, I just don't see Dennis Allen lasting. I mean, I, I don't even even if the Saints like win like you know win a couple more games and then get a the seventh seed in the playoffs, it's like what are we what are we like? Yeah, so, what's the point? What, what's the point? You're gonna get your ass kicked in the playoffs later on. And the thing that sucks, I, I don't I don't put a whole lot of stock into draft picks because it's like a fifty fifty chance of whether the guy is gonna be good or not. Yeah. But even if we suck, our first round pick is going to the Seahawks. I the think? Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. Yeah. And they, I mean, the Eagles, and the Eagles were, are like the best team in the NFL. So and they get a top pick now. Yeah. And well, the only thing the Saints could do is they have until 2024. Sean Payton is on his own contract with the Saints till 2024. At this point now, I'm looking at I'm looking where okay, where can we trade Sean Payton? Where can we trade him and get acquire picks, get a top quarterback in the draft like CJ Stroud or you know, Bryce Bryce Young or you Jayden know, Daniels. Well, yeah. That would know. be something. <laughs> yeah. I just at this point now it's just like I'm I'm not as invested this season as we because it's just to like, me to me it's more of a I 100% agree like I love the Saints too but the NFL is so wishy-washy with all the the ref stuff nowadays yeah. I think sports gambling has completely changed the NFL uh, with how many people can gamble now um, that in itself is just it's hard to watch right now yeah so another thing too is they talked about it on part of my take this season in total in the NFL, there has been a decrease in touchdowns and the people have contributed to bad offensive play. But I think the defense has finally caught up with the spread, like throwing constantly offense because there has been such a resurgence in not necessarily investing in a running back. Yeah. But constantly throwing the ball the defenses have invested in more athletic linebackers and safeties instead of like remember when we were growing up the the best linebackers in the league were Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher they would just plug the holes constantly yeah now the defenses have adapted to where their linebackers are almost just heavier safeties so where they can catch up and rovers Right, they can keep up with the more passing-centered game. So I think that as far as, uh, like, people talk about how the NFL has diminished, I think, one, it's changed because of sports gambling. I think, it to me, it's like these refs are changing games. Yeah. And also the defense has ca- caught up with the running, like, the passing offense. So... Uh, one good thing about the Saints right now, so far, is there hasn't been very much drama. If you look around the NFC South, the Robbie Anderson quitting in the middle of the game, they fired their head coach. They just traded Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Buccaneers' divorce is obviously affecting the Buccaneers' season. It's Tom Brady's. Now. Tom Brady's divorce. Yeah, he's. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not into football, and he might as well just retire now. Uh, Antonio Brown quit in the middle of a game too, um, and then the Falcons are just the Falcons at this point. Like you know, yeah. they're the Falcons. But the Saints have such a solid foundation that even with the injuries, there hasn't been hasn't been a whole lot of internal drama like these other teams in the NFC South. And so I think that is good. But I don't think Dennis Allen is uh, gonna cut it. I think he's 
He is the one that's got to go. <laughs> he he, so. he is what he is. He was a horrible coach with the Raiders, and it's like we said, okay, well, he's just a young coach. I mean, he'll be great with great. He'll be a great coach with great players, and you know, he'll ride along. Which that was probably the worst thing we could have said is ride along. You need a guy that could be a leader, and I just think that because the game is kind of more leaning towards offense, the Saints should have hired an offensive you know mind. I, I understand you know Sean Payton is probably the greatest offensive mind in football ever. Yeah. And, you know, losing him, to me, was a huge issue. Losing Drew Brees. And, look, is Jameis good? I, I don't know. We haven't seen him play in, like, two we years. We haven't seen him play, and I just – I just to me, it's, it's, it's a bummer for Jameis Winston because it's like this whole offseason, you know, it was his team, it was his team. Andy Dalton knew his place. He said, you look, I'll, I'll be a backup, best job in the NFL. But now he's the starter – and the guy that you said was going to be, you know, the top player, he's not even, he's not even playing now. I know he had, you know, four broken vertebrae in his back, but it's just like, you know, to tell Jameis Winston that after all the stuff he's been through, to me, it's just a damn shame. Yeah. And I just, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't like you said, Dennis Allen. Just, I think he's in way over his head. I think that he was a great DC for the Saints. You know, he he was a part of that culture in the beginning when Sheldon Payton got there as a DB coach. And it's like when they signed Tyron Matthew. I mean, Tyron Matthew was a great defensive player. But now I think that – and I, I think I said this last week, but this is the first time that Tyron Matthew um, was kind of just given a role because yeah. he's from New Orleans. And, you know, I think signing LSU players, you know, was great for LSU fans and stuff. And But I just, you know, I don't know. Sean Payton didn't do it for years, and maybe that was the right call. Yeah, yeah. Because Jarvis is out, and, you know, he's not – I mean, I don't – Yeah, he's still questionable across the board. So yeah. I have him on two of my fantasy teams because I thought he was going to be good. And Chris Olave, to me, is going to be a future Michael Thomas. He has been far and away uh, – other than he's just not – On the field, play. I hope he is. But right, off the exactly. field, I hope he's not. Right. He's been fantastic. I think he was NFC – Offensive player of the week or something yeah. a couple of times. He he lo- he loves New Orleans. That's one thing. He yeah. loves New Orleans. He, he actually they asked him about. Uh, he's like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna support LSU this year. I'm going to Ohio State, but I'm I'm in Louisiana now, so I gotta support LSU. Which yeah. is great, but I think he's one of those younger guys that you have to invest your team. Like he is gonna be there for a long time because he's younger. As Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, and Kamara probably will retire soon. We only have a couple years left on him, so um, I think as those older guys filter out, Alave will be the one that uh, sticks around for a little while. So, other than that, it's scary right now because we're getting close to the trade deadline. And we're getting close to imploding this team. Like, are we going to trade Alvin Kamara one of these days? Yeah. That's, I'm scared for something like that where I think we should trade Michael Thomas now, at this point. But. Al, uh, Alvin Kamara just tweeted a picture of Michael Jackson's Thriller music yeah, video. He's eating and he's popcorn. eating popcorn. So hopefully it's nothing bad, but something could be cooking yeah. that we, don't, we, we won't know about. Maybe he's watching a Pelicans game or something. Pels are doing good right now. Pels are real good. We're going to have to add it. I guess we should wait until baseball season's over and then add a, a Pels update with Grayson or some, or Mac maybe because they pay attention to the – Jake Hardy, Kelsey's cousin. Yeah. J- Jake, Har- uh, Jake Hardy. Um, so Kelsey's – Follow him on Twitter. Yeah, J- uh, Jake Hardy. What's his Har- tag? 
I think it's like at Pell's Twitter or something. Uh. Yeah, uh, go follow uh, Jake Hardy on Twitter. It's at Pelicans by Jake. Uh, Jake, man, he's, I mean, he's been investing in the Pelicans, you know, doing social media on his own for like seven years. And, you know, the Pelicans saw that and said, like, hey, like, would you want to come work for us on our social media? And he said, absolutely. So he moved to New Orleans, and he he does everything for the Pelicans on social media. And now he works for ESPN. Dang. So That's cool. I would, I would love if we could get Jake on the podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk. I'm, I've been I've been kind of going back and forth with him coming on, which, I mean, I think I'm going to try to, at some point, try to get him on. Yeah, maybe after baseball season's over. Yeah. Talk to me. I'll be honest with uh, the listeners here. I don't pay attention to NBA until the Christmas season game, like the Christmas Day games. Like there are a lot of games before Christmas, but these don't really matter until you get like. To me, this is like preseason right now. So the NBA season is so long. Um, so it's crazy to think that the season is starting now, and the finals will be in June. That is incredible. So, uh, but yeah, the Pelicans are doing doing good so far. Um, I don't know. Should I say it on the podcast, Matthew? Yeah, what? I think we should trade Zion. Wade. Shut up! Shut up! Boo, he's hurt again. Boo. He's hurt again. Boo! He's back. He's he's gonna. No, come he's back. not. He's hurt. He's still hurt. He played two games and then he got hurt, or is it three games? Maybe. I think he's played. He played two games. Yeah, you don't hurt need, with hip. You, you don't need to trade him. You don't need to trade him, Berg. He lost weight. He's ready to play. I'm not giving you a great take because I have no stats up right now. But you don't trade Zion. I'm telling you. No, you're and you're right. The thing is, here's the deal. You're right. Mac, Mac's been on me about this one because he's a big Pels fan. Y'all are right. We shouldn't trade what? Zion Williamson. What was that? Y'all are you're right about this take. Wait, wait, say say, say it again. You're I don't right. think anyone heard you. You're right about this take. I think we should trade Zion. He has played two games in the past two oh, years that, for man. us. He's a great player when he's healthy, but his dra- his like draft stock is only going to diminish. We are too good with the rest of our team. Brandon Ingram. Jose Alvarado, uh, the big Juventus guy. Well, that, you also didn't have Ingram against the Mavericks uh, Tuesday either. Yeah, and we beat them. And or or uh, and, uh, Herb Jones. Yeah, Herb Jones and uh, who's that? CJ McCollum. Without Zion, we still have a team that can compete in the finals. I truly believe it, and I think we need to trade him because he's not gonna be. He's not gonna play again. I don't. I don't think he's gonna play again. So. It's probably a bad take, but I just Horrible take. I've seen I've seen the signs. Everybody has seen the signs at this point. He has not played for he's not played five straight games for the Pelicans in two years. The last time we saw him was in the bubble. Let that sink in. Whatever. They were in Disney World the last time we saw Zion Williamson play five straight games. So with that being said, Go Pelicans. <laughs> um, glad that they're doing well. And uh, this podcast has lasted for one hour and 40 minutes. So uh, with that, thank you all for listening once again. 
Thanks for tuning in. Um, just a recap. Ghost Rose. Hopefully uh, we get it done. Hopefully by the next episode we're leading that series. And uh, we'll have a little LSU preview of Alabama next week, hopefully with a special guest. I'm not going to reveal it just yet because hopefully the scheduling works out. Hopefully but, you can commit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, special guests might be on the podcast next week. So thank you all for listening once again. We appreciate each and every single one of you guys. And we will see y'all. Wait, wait. Before you before you say it, we got a birthday in the house. Oh yeah, it's Zach's birthday. <laughs> uh, twenty six years old. Welcome to the twenty six year. Welcome to the twenty six yeah. uh, year old club bird. You got to pay your own health insurance now. Right. Yeah. So that just add, just sucks. keeps adding. Just adds. Yeah, that. But is not fun. This is definitely the first birthday that I've been like, God, I'm twenty six. That that's what I said. Twenty five. I was like, this is cool. Like twenty five. That's a cool age. But twenty six. I'm like. I'm closer to 30 than I am to 20. Yeah. That is stupid. I hate that. That is disgusting. So, yeah, man. It's crazy. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Welcome. I wasn't even going to bring it up. but I was going to bring it up at the beginning, yeah. but I was like, going to start talking. So yeah, I said, dude. okay, we'll let him start talk. MLB. Yeah. Thank yeah. you all for listening once again. We appreciate each and every single one of you guys, and we will see y'all next time.